That was the third hurrah from 1974's War Child album. We're still deep into two hours of Jethro Tull. The classic years, 1970 to 1976. Perhaps a little longer. We're going to move into his truly truly romantic balladeer folk prog territory. This was Minstrel in the Gallery. This is Old Wind to Valhalla. Here 
Come let me play with you black satin dancing In all you give, give a give a
Windy bus stop clicks your window here. Shady gentlemen fly but be near. In the underpass, the blind man stands with cold blue hands. Symphony Maxell. Catch me another time. Didn't make it with the Bay Street. Street 
Oh 
Sleeping drafts, his poise and regrets. No drunken bombs allowed to sleep here in the crowded emptiness. No officer, let me send her to a cheap hotel. I'll pay the bill and make her well Like hell, you bloody will No do good overkill We must teach them to be still
seems there's nobody there for tennis And I'm a one-band man And I want no time to win If you're a, a hundred hands with glee He said, oh, Mother England Did you like my smile? But did you like the spider on me? One day I'll be a minstrel in the gallery And paint you a picture of the queen the Baker Street Muse.
That was Summer Day Sands from Minstrel in the Gallery. We have been listening to two hours of Jethro Tull from their peak years of 1970 to 1976. The peak years of Prague Rock, as a matter of fact. Funny how they overlap. My name is Perkins Warbeck the 23rd. 
last in the line of the Plantagenet dynasty, and the next holder of the English throne, inshallah. I'm going to be passing this over to Carly at 8 o'clock, and she will be having a wonderful extravaganza with all sorts of zany and wackiness for your listening pleasure. You have been listening to The Gates of Delirium, two hours of the best of progressive rock and roll from the Western Hemisphere. Here at MutinyRadio.fm, we are very thankful for your continued support. Mutiny Radio is the beating heart of the Mission District in all ways, politically, economically, culturally, aesthetically, and just in terms of sheer badassery. Mutiny Radio. Love it and donate. Thank you very much.
country, sounds country, man. That's what it is. It's a country song. Yeah, okay. Busted flat in Baton Rouge and heading for the trains. Feeling nearly faded as my jeans. Bobby thumbed a diesel down just before it rained. Took us all away to New Orleans. I took my harpoon out of my dirty red bandana and was blowing sad while Bobby sang the blues. With them windshield wipers slapping time and Bobby clapping hands, we finally sang a favorite song that driver knew. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Nothing ain't worth nothing, but it's free. Feeling good was easy, Lord, when Bobby sang the blues. Feeling good was good enough for me. Good enough for me and Bobby. We're going to test it. <laughs> test. Which one is that? Okay. So now you know, this is four. Test, 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 test. Three.
Sometimes I live in the country And it's sometimes I live in the town And it's sometimes I take a full notion To jump in the river and drown And it's play then, Willie, poor boy And it's why don't you play For the one that I love so dearly Has gone square back folks. I pulled up to the driveway, turned off the engine and sat, reluctant to move. 
Except for the porch light and a light upstairs, the house at the end of the drive was dark. I was glad no one had waited up for me. The house belonged to Rob and Jenna, a couple I knew only slightly. My old friend Beth had talked me into coming down here for the weekend, promising a great time at the beach. A few days ago, I had broken up with my lover of two years. And though I was glad of the decision, the loss of Everett made me want to retreat into myself. For a moment, I was tempted to turn around and head home. They would never know I'd been here. I could call tomorrow with some excuse. However, I never did such things. So I got my bag out of the trunk and walked up to the house. The key was under a flower pot, as Jenna had said it would be, along with the note from Beth telling me my bedroom was the first at the top of the stairs. She'd added at the bottom, glad you made it. It'll be a good weekend. I smiled at the reassuring words. I opened the door and walked quietly across the dimly lit living room, past Beth and her lover Kevin, who were asleep on a fold-out couch. Their sleeping faces sent a pang through me. It was hard to look at lovers. My bedroom was warm and close from the heat of the day. From across the hall came the faint thumping bass of a rock song. Someone was awake, but I didn't feel like investigating. I changed into pajamas and opened the window wide. Below me was the backyard. A high fence sheltered a small patio, a strip of lawn, and a swimming pool. I stared at an odd black lump at the side of the pool and decided it was an inner tube. I hadn't seen an inner tube in ten years, I thought. There was a tap at the door and it swung open. Is the radio too loud? I looked up at a slightly built, barefoot young man wearing a t-shirt and jeans. I guessed he was around eighteen. No, it's okay, I said. We introduced ourselves. He was Chris, Jenna's cousin. He'd been spending the summer with Rob and Jenna while working at the Marine Center. He wanted to be an oceanographer. This fall, he was starting college in California. Ever been out there? He asked. I shook my head. The coast is incredible. Want to see some pictures I took last year? Sure.
Lisa's curly hair was deep brown, almost black, and his skin a light golden brown. His fingers brushed mine as he handed me the pictures. For a moment, I was aware of my breasts under the thin pajamas. Sexual feelings in men his age were in separate corners of my mind. We talked about California and animals, and then about college. He was surprised to hear that I was an instructor at the university, and he asked about the classes I taught and what I thought of my students. At two o'clock, he said goodnight, and I walked back to my room and smiled. What an idea, I thought. over sand dunes with bags of food, cold blankets and towels, and came upon a perfect beach scene. Bright umbrellas, motionless sunbeams glistening with sweat in motion, radios blaring against the sound of the blue green water lapping at the shore. We unfurled towels and pulled off t-shirts and shoes. I plumped down on A few feet away, Chris was climbing out of his jeans. His legs were tapered like a colt. His chest was broad. A few dark hairs curled up his belly from the waistband of his suit. I looked down quickly at my book. Aren't you coming in? Chris asked. I don't like swimming in the ocean, I said apologetically. I'm always wondering what's down in the water that I can't see. He hesitated. Well, I guess I'll go in without you then. He ran down to the water with long, easy strides. He ran through the waves, and as a curl of water surged to meet him, he dived under it. I watched the water looking for him. At last, he bobbed up between waves and began to swim in smooth strokes. I turned back to my book. The detective couldn't decide what time the murder had taken place.
floating on his back, just beyond where the waves were breaking. The ocean slowly rocking him. The heat made me feel listless. I laid back and closed my eyes, half listening to the sound of the waves and a barking dog. A panting sound came closer and closer. Star spread of blankets grabbed a towel and began rubbing his face. His chest was heaving, dripping. His dark brown nipples taut and wet. I could see the bulge of his penis under his wetsuit. A hot flush spread across my chest. Water's nice and warm, he gasped. You should try it. No thanks, I said.
lay down on his towel, his smooth brown back moving slightly as his breathing calmed. Drops of water, iridescent in the sun, hung on his curls. I wanted to scatter them with my hand. Instead, I jerked myself upright. I'm going for a walk, I said. See you later. I walked off down the beach, my blood pounding. The year I had first lived with a man, this Chris was probably learning to ride a tricycle. I had never been excited by a man this young, and I couldn't imagine him being excited by me. When I was his age, I had never desired anyone older. I decided that neither Chris nor anyone else would learn of my attraction.
But all afternoon, my body told me of his presence. He sat next to me on the trip home. The shoulder that touched his, the arm and thigh and knee that were next to him knew his every move. At dinner, I watched his full lips as he talked, and my own parted expectantly. As I rose to go to bed, I felt a wetness between my legs. Chris caught up with me on my way up the stairs, Want to go for a drive or something? He's... I don't think so, Chris, I said. 
I'm pretty tired. Guess it is kind of late, he said. See you tomorrow. Good night. closed the door to my room and felt like crying. I got into bed with my detective novel. I didn't want to think about Chris or anything else. I kept squirming under the sheet, my body warm and restless. I read, wishing the story would speed up. I kept squirming under the sheet, my body warm and restless. I read, wishing the story would speed up. The detective still hadn't figured out when the damn murder had taken place. I kept squirming under the sheet, my body warm and restless. Finally, I sighed, turned out the light, and began stroking a familiar path between my thighs. I let my fingers drift upward across my stomach and up my chest. My fingertips teased my nipples, caressing them to stiffness. I opened my eyes to see the light from his room and framing my door. Then I shut them and let my hand begin to comb through a tangle of pubic hair. My mind roamed swiftly through a catalog of fantasies, selecting the ravishment. The fingers became a probing tongue, hot breath surrounding it, sending a fire through my thicket of hair. A hand reached from behind me to play endlessly with my breasts. Another greedy tongue stroked and sucked and pushed my own. The image of Chris's face intruded, his lashes blackly wet as he bent over a towel.
rubbed against my ass, throbbing at the feel of my skin. A woman's nipples teasing me erect, nuzzled mine. The tongue of my vulva probed to the side of my clit. I imagined Chris at the doorway, watching my ravishment hungrily.
and open and so young. I felt so deceitful and messy with my hidden thoughts and sticky crotch. Detail of our physical description, our vulnerability and the often confessional quality of our speech in this Yo, new man, territory. Man, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing too about to do it. You know it, man. You know, cause we gonna rock a man, cause we got the fresh stuff. You know, you know it, man. You know that. You know. 
Here's a little story that must be told. About two cool brothers that were put on hold. They tried to hold us back. Fortune and fame. They destroyed the crew and they killed the name. They, they tried to step, step on the eagle and walk on the pride. But true blue brothers stand side by side through. Thick and thin from beginning to end. This battle we lost. But the war we'll win. Cause double, double trouble is in the house. I'm cake and rock and rock. We'll turn it out. Well, I'm cake and rock well. Cause I raise a lot of hell. I love to make love to the judges. Yeah, these males yeah. and down with the crew from off the Do hill. It. Well, I'm literally rocking the key and yeah, I aim uh, the keys. I want yeah. the name to go down. History. I want to be greater than George Washington yeah. Cause I can rock any party from sun to sun And together, forever, we're, we're number one Double, double trouble, trouble is in the house Don't you know double trouble is gonna turn it out, y'all Double, trouble, 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 trouble,
He went away, and you hung around and bothered him. See ya.
led me over to the bed. Above the low futon was a picture that dazzled me. It was a large nude about four feet long, and the reclining woman looked a little like me. I touched one of my breasts and almost reached out to touch one of hers. Philip noticed my gesture, but did not comment on the picture. He seemed to enjoy watching me look at it. Indeed, the woman who was lying on her side had gray-blue eyes shaped similarly to mine with heavy lids. Her mouth looked quite like mine. However, her nose was much longer and narrower, and her hair, partly covered by a veiled riding cap, was strawberry blonde. Philip reached from behind and put his arms around me, caressing me as I looked at the picture. There was an expression in the woman's eyes that made me long for a mirror to see if my eyes were capable of such a lascivious abandon. Suddenly, I was lowered onto the futon. Philip crouched down beside me, whispering, Nina. The name itself excited me. I could smell him, and I could still taste him in my mouth. Now he was spreading my legs open on the bed and kissing my thighs. His tongue was thick and wet. When he started licking my pussy, I felt for my own breasts and squeezed them. Although modest by nature, I found myself opening my legs wider and thrusting my cunt into his face. 